It's a beautiful day in Jersey. Football's back. Wrestling's here with us. Doesn't get much better than this, right? No, it absolutely does not. Always on the top part of the screen right next to me, Mike made his cousin, John Smith. John, uh, how was everything going? How was your weekend of football? How was your week of wrestling? And more importantly, we got a fun little date tomorrow night. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, my son had his first football game this weekend. Unfortunately, they lost by a touchdown. Me, I dominated in our fantasy football league, scored the most points, of course. Who needs a first-round pick, right? Who needs a, yeah, that's, you don't need it. I told you that you don't need a first-round pick. You just got to be good at drafting. That's all. Yeah, not, that's not the royal you either. You're speaking specifically to me. I don't need a first-round <laughs> exactly. pick. Yeah. I usually don't either, but then again, I don't draft a quarterback that uh, throws up two points. When everyone else is throwing up 50. Thanks, Aaron Rodgers. Appreciate it. But that's football. We'll talk football at the end of the show with our crossover event with the primetime rundown. Uh, we are not one-trick ponies, and I'll prove that to you at the end. On today's episode, though, Brock Lesnar and the Demon both returned on SmackDown to confront Roman Reigns. We have a huge fatal four-way to tonight that was supposed to determine Samoa Joe's next opponent and first challenger. Turns out we got something a little bit more spicier coming to us tonight on NXT. Uh, Brian Danielson is wasting no time in shoehorning himself into the AEW world title. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Mahaffey might be with us here today to discuss NXT UK. Uh, with the schedule change, he might not be able to make it. Ryan Joy, uh, he's actually having power issues. He's not feeling the power right now down on the Treasure Coast. He might be with us later. He might not. Ryan, we hope you're doing well uh, with your electrical issues. Um, we make our picks for this week's upcoming shows presented by Minutes to Bell Time and sponsored, as always, by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. And guys, she like it too. No, listen to the woman in that commercial. She puts her head down, all embarrassed. She's like, "Yeah, you know, I like it. You know, like it's, 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 it's
Anyway, <laughs> uh, we made like our show uh, with making our picks for Impact's pay-per-view this weekend, Victory Road, in a dream match of mine between Christian Cage and Ace Austin. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, I'm not picking a winner. I just hope both guys have fun. But we're going to curtain jerk the show with, uh, again, there was an impromptu change last night on Monday Night Raw. They had a huge tag team turmoil match last Monday night where the winner got to challenge RK Bro for the tag titles. We find out during a commercial advertisement on SmackDown, as opposed to a non-commercial advertisement, um, that it's going to be a WWE championship match. We come to find out, John DeCani, Randy Orton uh, has a lot more pull in this company than I guess he might be leading on. Yeah, uh, the, the the night started with Big E coming out. RK Bro would follow. Lashley and MVP uh, would round it out. And Randy let us know that he got the title match moved because that was the way he figured he could get Bobby off his game. So the hell with Extreme Rules. He wanted his title match tonight. He's getting his title match tonight. Uh, Bobby warned both Randy and Big E off. You know, hey, you know, I'm going to beat your ass. You better not be anywhere near me, blah, blah, blah. And while he was too busy paying attention to Big E and his briefcase, Randy hit an RKO once again on Bobby Lashley. So that started the festivities. We get all the way to the end of the show. We get Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. This was a fantastic match with guy, you know, uh, Lashley avoided one RKO and uh, revert, kind of, you know, uh, used his momentum to just absolutely destroy uh, Randy with a spear, but only got a two count. Randy would hit his next attempt at an RKO, but uh, MVP pulled Lashley under the rope so that Randy couldn't cover him. Randy wasn't too pleased about that, so he rolled out to the floor and hit MVP with an RKO on the floor. But unfortunately, he got back in a little too nonchalantly, and the minute he stepped through the ropes, he got cut in half with another spear for the one, two, three, and Lashley retains. Riddle would come in to console his best buddy, Randy. Lashley would take the opportunity to beat the hell out of Riddle, throw them both to the outside, follow them outside. Riddle bounced off the post in that move that I don't understand how Lashley doesn't knock himself unconscious every time he does it. And eventually Randy would go through the announce desk. And if it wasn't legit, Lashley did a hell of a job of selling that knee injury. Because when the announce desk exploded, he got kind of tapped in the knee ankle area by part of the table falling apart. But you can see that's one of those weird things where that could have, he really could have gotten hurt. He could have really tweaked himself. Real or not, he really sold it, limped back into the ring. Biggie's music hits. Biggie comes down. He's cashing in just like he promised he would early in the show. Lashley wants no part of it. And somehow he thinks he can just wave it off because he's arguing with the referee. He's arguing with Big E. This isn't happening. Big E says, yeah, it is happening, and gives him five across the eyes. That pisses Lashley off enough that uh, even though he's stumbling and limping, he hits a short spear. That doesn't quite get the job done. Uh, he hits a, a double leg takedown, starts the ground and pound. He hits a spear for a two count. He attempts the dominator, but that 
that wobbly uh, wheel he's got doesn't let him finish it off. Big E slides basically down his back, turns it around, big ending, one, two, three, and your new WWE champion, Etor. Big E Langston. Langston, that's right. He's a part of the Take Your Name Away Club. He's, I think he might be the founder of that club. But unbelievable, E called his shot. You know, you, you go, you go on, and we and I opened it up. You know, with you know setting you up with that. You know, the Randy's kind of screwing the night up here. The night was about Big E the entire time. He was calling a shot. Kofi and Woods were with him. I think that was another big reason. Why they pulled the trigger on, you know, Kofi and Woods are there. They were hyping him up. Uh, Biggie called his shot. He said he was going to do it. Uh, and I guess as the, the good, good guy, you know, if it was a heel, maybe you can see him kind of back out at the last minute or whatnot. But he called his shot. He wanted to do it. Didn't care. Uh, he wasn't trying to surprise anybody. Be the ultimate opportunist, you know, uh, angle. Uh, he told me they were coming. I'm coming for the winner. And he did. And he, he got the win. So congratulations. He is now... The 54th person to claim the title of WWE champion. And I've stressed it a couple times before. Goldberg's name is not on that list. And neither is Lex Luger's. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Perfect, for that one. Uh we also had a United States Championship match. Damian Priest, like I said, he wants to go the open challenge route. He wants to put his name next to the the legends who have consistently defended the United States title um, on a consistent basis. He put out an open challenge. Uh, I guess maybe uh, Jeff Hardy heard all of the complaints that Jeff Hardy deserves better after uh, being put into the 24-7 crowd for a hot second. So Jeff is like, okay, I'm going to make my, uh, my fans happy. He ran out and accepted the challenge. Couldn't get the job done, though. He took a, a loss uh, to the reckoning, and that's no shame. You know, I mean, Vince hates these NXT guys, so I guess can, you know he kind of could have given Jeff Hardy a shot here. But uh, Damian Priest has been on fire lately. And, uh, you know, when you, you pin Drew McIntyre, you're not laying down for Jeff Hardy at the moment. That's, that's a huge thing. Uh, Sheamus was at ringside doing commentary. He tried to attack uh, Priest post-match. Tried for the bro kick. Didn't go that well. I guess he took a kick of his own immediately after that. There was a six-man tag team match as well. Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders, they defeated Jinder, Shanky, and Veer after Shanky. Shanky just has no luck at all. He was the one, again, don't break my heart, my Yankee Shanky heart. Uh, he took a claymore, took the pinfall from Drew McIntyre. Shanky, again, looking at the lights. John Smith, uh, here we go. Here you go. WWE ripping off AEW. Eight-man tag team action. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, again, up until Omos got the tag Yeah, so you got AJ and Omos in Retribution, which they're not called Retribution anymore. But, they should uh, be. Retribution minus, minus um, what's his name? Slapjack presented by Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. Versus the New Day, Ali and Mansoor. You know, they start off just a bunch of good chain wrestling amongst the, you know, the seven guys in the match that aren't named Omas. Yeah, but yeah. then once Omas gets into the match, he, he throws Ali around. Then everybody else tries to come in for the save. He slaps them away like they're just a couple of flies, the New Day. They're, they just go flying over the top ropes. Then he does the double choke, choke slam on Ali for the one, two, three. This is all about Omos and keeping on building him up now that they don't have the tag team titles anymore. 
Yeah, and Omos had a huge moment last week where he got that double-handed choke slam on Lashley. That I'm kind of thinking like, like Lashley doesn't forget stuff like this. He's gonna. I think Lashley might forget about this for the time being. <laughs> Pretty sure he's gonna want to get his title back. So I just feel like uh, Omos got away with one there, a big one right there. You know, being able to just. Bobby Lashley, who's just been, you know, he was top five. I know the PWI 500 came out. Uh, we talked about it last year. There's just not enough time in the program with all the shows that we cover uh, to, to get into the uh, who's better Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns conversation. But, yeah, Omos, you know, boom, on Bobby Lashley, and he got away with that one. So good for him. John DeCani, I raised this question last week, and after these two matches last night, didn't help the argument – that Natalia and Tamina are the worst champions ever. <laughs> Especially when you you split them up. Yeah, neither, one of them, neither one of them can win a singles match. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last night we had uh, Rhea and uh, Nikki Ash backstage before Rhea was set to take on Natty. Natty and Tamina make their way over. This all takes place in gorilla position. Uh, they get in their faces. A brawl ensues. Sonya and a couple of refs come and separate all the ladies. And Sonya decides to book Tamina versus Nikki. They were just going to be ringside for their partners facing each other one-on-one. -on -one. Now they're going to face off as well. And, in fact, they're going first. So Nikki and uh, Tamina, they, have, they only get about four and a half minutes. Nikki hits a second turnbuckle tornado DDT for the win. But the ending was just a disaster. Tamina appeared to kick out, but the referee continued to make the three count. Nikki pinned Tamina. The bell rings. The ringside announcer announces Tamina as the winner of the match. A complete fuster cluck. Don't want to mess that one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. John McCann, before before we continue, who gets fired for that? Is it the ring announcer? Is it the guy that runs the music? Is it the referee? Like who? Somebody's somebody's eating some you know what right now. Like who who gets it for that one? I, I think it's the intern that didn't get uh, you know copy seventy five of the uh, the script out to everyone in time because we all know Vince loves to rip up uh, you know rip up the show at five p.m. and scramble to get it to, together for eight. Okay, so for everybody out there, uh, there's an internship uh, opportunity open at WWE <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Be Vince McMahon's uh, running guy. Just make sure you get everybody a copy and everybody knows what's going on. It's probably on. Irving. <laughs> Kevin Irving. <laughs> uh, okay, so at the, end of the, at, at the end of that match, Tamina and Natty uh, go after Nikki and Rhea and the, the tag champs hold the ring. Or, well, the, the former tag champs hold the ring. Uh, so, move on to the next match. Rhea versus Natalia. This is the one that was actually booked earlier in the evening. This one goes uh, more than 11 and a half minutes because, once again, it just drives me nuts. Match started in the middle of the commercial break, so that drives me a little bit nuts. But these two ladies put on a really good match, and it ended with Rhea hitting that inverted clover leap. I believe she hits, uh, calls it the prism tap. And she gets the submission win. Natty uh, taps. And once again, the tag team champions, while still holding the gold, just can't get a W. Yeah, yeah I said 11 and a half minutes. That wasn't enough for you, huh? You wanted more? You wanted to see the very... 
No, I would just like to see that. I would like to see some champions. I don't know. Get a victory. Yeah, right. They haven't won as a tag team in those champions contenders matches. You break them up, forget about it. I don't think Tamina's won since 2007. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, but like I said, it, it's Shotzi and Tegan. They're still over on SmackDown. They have three wins, two of them in tag team action. I, I understand Rhea and Nikki. Like they're the ones that probably would be better off going both shows. But like they, they're not the ones that get the first crack here. So let's go. Let's go back to Tegan and Shotzi. Let's see what happens there first. John Smith, Karrion Cross was not in action this week, but nice promo. I think we're going in the right direction with him. Yeah, very uh, mafioso-style um, promo backstage, talking about how he's not going to get lost in the shuffle, which is what literally everyone is saying on the yep. internet. So it was a nice little jab at all the little marks out there. But um, I think it was, it did him much better than having like another in-action match where he just came out, dominates with demolition gear on and leaves. So hopefully, it, you know, he's got some new ring gear in the works because the, the skirt and thing don't work for me. You know what? I always wondered what demolition look, would look like if they changed from black to red. So this is actually a very, <laughs> it's a very nice, we go green and that can go green, like a dark green. <laughs> But still with the brown leather skirt. Yeah, he's <laughs> olive, olive green with a with a brown. It's not, it, it, Bobby Heen and, and Roddy Piper told us one thing: it's it's not a skirt; it's a kilt. Do um, <laughs> drop defeated Eva Marie after running splash. I don't want to talk about it. The twenty four seven title. Uh, the crowd. <laughs> Stop laughing, John Kong. The twenty four seven crowd couldn't catch Reggie. Again, uh, but it now it seems like Drake Maverick is the one that is spearheading the game planning here. I, I, I like this. Let him be like a little bit of a, a brain. It's almost like he's coming off like, I don't want to say James Bond-ish, but it's just like, it's a cool, calm, collected Drake Maverick. Oh, Drake, your plan's like, no, no, no. Plan was fine. It, he was he, he was th that that specific moment reminded me of Maxwell Dent from Beverly Hills Cop Two. It was perfectly planned, but it was executed with Neolithic incompetence. There you go. <laughs> uh, we have one match uh, to talk about going uh, into next Monday. And one match Butch, uh, booked. Go, uh, good job, Raw. Uh, the match that set it up though: Charlotte Flair defeated Shayna Baszler after a boot to the face. Nia was on the apron for a small distraction, just like Shayna was uh, last week. That cost Nia the Raw Women's Championship match. So uh, they're going to get at it. It's going to be uh, – we're finally going to get this. Uh, there you go, former partners, now enemies. I, I guess you know, they were never friends, I guess. So that's a, a good call on Ryan Ryan Joy right there making this graphic. Um, also, what stemmed out of this was Charlotte Flair received a gift from Alexa Bliss and Lily. It was Charlie, uh, her own doll, and then they get at it. We'll talk about more of that uh, next week when we make our picks for Extreme Rules. But coming up this Monday uh, – excuse me, next Monday – uh, September 20th, we got Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, uh, John Smith. Uh, I think we're all going to be on the same page on this one. Like, he's got her uh, going now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Shayna should win it, but yeah, I. whatever happens here, I don't think it's ending until at least Extreme Rules. So whether whether it's Shayna or Nia or whatever like happens, somebody runs away because they don't want to – like. 
who knows? But it's not ha- it's not ending next Monday. I'll tell you that much. Okay, John Connie, do you think this is going to go to extreme rules or hell in a cell? Right. Well, it, it definitely these two ladies should get extreme at the end of the month. I I, I am going to pick Shayna here because the only right way to finish a match between these two is with Nia getting strangled. But then you could have you know, you'd have this one uh, start the show off. And you can have Nia attack Shayna backstage. That's how we prolong it. But Shayna should get a definitive victory. And then Nia does something underhanded to extend the, the feud. Yeah, we need to get Shayna rolling here. Like, I want to see please. a strap match between the two of them. A strap match. Strap match would be good. I'm, I'm intrigued in this matchup only because and then there's, there's, a, there's a few women that can withstand whatever uh, brute force Nia Jax does. Like, you know, when she was doing everything with Lana – and with Kyrie saying the injury, you know, if you look at all the women that Nia Jax has hurt slashed injured, they're all just like Shayna can take whatever Nia can dish out. So that's why what actually intrigues me on this one. Uh, so let's just hope you know Shayna gets out of it, you know, unscathed, and uh, get me to say let's get Shayna rolling here. I mean, if she doesn't win Monday, let her win this feud, get her rolling again. Uh, going from Raw, uh, like I said, a WWE Championship uh, title change uh, to go up against Monday Night Football, and that was a hell of a Monday Night Football game. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the ratings did uh, uh, towards the end of that. Uh, going to SmackDown, and uh, Roman Reigns, let me just get the, the, the times going up here on the bottom. There we go. Uh, it started off with Roman Reigns, uh, since he runs uh, WWE, he runs New York City. Uh, long story short with that. Uh, but then Brock Lesnar decided to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> Brock just simply asked one question, and he heard the whole garden. Oh, why didn't Paul tell Roman Reigns that Brock was showing up to SummerSlam? Why didn't Paul's ex-girlfriend tell his new girl? Why didn't Paul tell his new girlfriend that she was showing up to the event that they were attending? It almost seems like... Paul was trying to hide the secret relationship. Maybe he's not done with Brock yet. So that was that. Roman walked away. There was a huge thing. John the Colony, you wanted to say something. I, I, in my head, I'm doing my uh, uh, Paul Heyman uh, impersonation. I don't know. I don't know. Get the you know get the little uh, get, the, get get the neck the neck shivering and. You know. <laughs> So uh, before Heyman got fired, I guess well, Heyman didn't eventually. He didn't end up getting fired. He was actually let back in the locker room. But I guess uh, before Lesnar let him go, and actually Lesnar attacked Heyman, uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, Brock uh, got his challenge accepted. He wants Roman Reigns. He wants the Universal Championship back. Um, John Smith, uh, there was a tag team championship match that Roman was more uh, concerned with, other than Brock. But then he said, you know, Heyman said at the end of that match that Roman uh, will give an answer, but we had a, a nice tag team champion. This is probably the two best tag teams on SmackDown, so I don't. it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, we got ourselves a couple nice false finishes towards the end where I thought it was ending at one point with when the Usos hit the big splash at the end after, uh, the, after Dawkins got uh, pulled outside, but um, we got a nice kick out on that, and then – they went for another big Uso splash. Dawkins got the knees up, or maybe it was Ford. I'm not sure. Um, they got the knees up, and they hit the splash of their own from up in the rafters. It was about to be three, and Roman comes in, pulls him off, chokes him out, disqualification. He then 
tosses him aside and tells everybody that he accepts Brock Lesnar's challenge, and then the lights go out. Yeah, so here's the, the weird thing. So here comes the demon, and I talked about this a little bit at length uh, yesterday morning with Ryan Joy in the Daily Wrestling News Show. Uh, Roman, the cockiness that the head of the table has, he has his next two challenges. He's, he's already moving past Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. They will go at it at Extreme Rules. But the demon is is unbeatable. Right, John DeConi? I mean, you're looking at me like the, the, the demon does not lose. The reason why they have the demon is because he does not lose. The only time he's ever lost was because he was getting the, uh, the, the call up to the main roster and they named the takeover for him the end. It was the end of Finn Balor and he had to drop the title to Samoa Joe. But he has not lost on the main roster as, as the demon. So now you have the unbeatable head of the table against the unbeatable demon. Roman's already got Brock Lesnar next. So like, what is going on here? It's I'm just a shame because you know you feel like I can see that. Yeah, that would work. But yeah, it's it's a way to protect the demon without him without him having to win. Brock still takes the pin from Roman. All right, John DeConi, anything you got cut off there? I'm sorry. I thought I specified. Yeah, no, no. It, it's it would just. My only point was that it would be a, sa a shame if they just fed the demon to Roman, and you know it was a quick loss, and then that was the end of it. We didn't hear any more of it. So I hope that doesn't happen, but I don't know how they write around it unless they go with what Smith said and uh, drag this out. The only thing we can come up with is that whatever stipulation that these two get involved with at Extreme Rules does not like it's some type of ladder match or something where the demon doesn't eat a pin or get, you know, uh, beat into submission or pass out or something. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with this. Like between the three of them. What's the, the next pay-per-view after this one? Uh, October. They're going to Saudi. Oh, so there's not like a night of champions or anything like that coming up soon. Not the next event they had booked, it's going to be Saudi Arabia in October. Then the survivor series in November. Oh, wow. So and he said, yeah, you have to give Saudi, you have to give them Brock and Roman. So like, I almost feel like, what, what are we doing here with the Demon? Why even play this card right now when it would be perfect? Probably for SmackDown uh, ratings. Maybe. Yeah, it would yeah, be perfect to bring the Demon out for John Cena at WrestleMania. That would, that would be my... Yeah, they're painting themselves into a corner with this... Okay, once again, I obviously don't know that this is the fact, but... They seem to be very reactionary the last couple of weeks. So, and you know, there's <laughs> they're, they're blowing their load on a lot of these, uh, you know, things they had in their back pocket. And you know, God bless them, we're getting some entertainment out of it. But you yeah. know, what do they do after that when they've got no more cards left to play? Yeah, you know, so they announced the draft for October 1st. And when I read on minutesabelltime.com, I missed that last night on Raw. But uh, that's that, that, that's when you bring back the rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, big time Bex rocking a red fur coat. I uh, guess he beat Seth to the punch on that one. Uh, best act, Beck asked a great question. What if she didn't sign the contract? Has anyone ever said no? Like, has <laughs> there ever been a contract signing where someone's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out? And then they left. We, it has yet to be answered because Becky ended up signing it, but that's it was a very. 
interesting point. I was I was actually almost waiting for her just to get up and just walk away. Like, nah, I'm signing it. Peace. Uh, she's doing a pretty good job getting this different heel reaction. This is a different side of her. I think this is working. Uh, anyone yes or no? Is this working for you? She the she context? left her baby girl at home for you people. Come on. They're not. They're not being. Uh, Seth not to be outdone though. Uh, he was wearing an amazing coat of his own. So you know, shout out to Seth. He's he refuses to be one up, even if it is by his wife. Uh, these two keep it up. They're gonna have their own fashion show on USA. Their own fashion reality show on USA sometime soon. Uh, it's gonna be incredible. Actually, I saw a picture too. I guess Seth gave Stone Cold. I guess Seth is gonna be next up on the Austin's podcast, and Austin had a, uh, he bought Austin a jacket. Uh, a pretty nice. sweet one too. I think it was like white on top, and it was like a flowers and stuff on the bottom. And, Seeing Austin where it was pretty it was pretty tough. But John McCauley, uh, we had a SummerSlam rematch that did not disappoint. 25 minutes. Yeah, Seth and Edge go at it. Uh, you know, Rollins versus Edge 2 in Madison Square Garden. This, uh, you know, was everything you would want out of a pay-per-view match, but we got it for free on a Friday night. Uh, the psychology was there. Rollins used uh, Beth's Glam Slam twice. Uh, not to be outdone, Edge would uh, decide, okay, I'll go after your mentor. I'll use the pedigree. Uh, Rollins would hit a, a low blow uh, kick behind the uh, ref's bat. A series of super kicks to a standing and kneeling Edge uh, until he was, you know, ripe for the picking and he hit a stomp. And then Seth hesitated. Edge is motionless. He's, you know, he's ready. He's done. Seth doesn't really go into the, you know, he takes a second before slow crawling into the cover. He does get the one, two, three. He gets the win. Like you said, it was 25 minutes. It was everything you could have wanted out of these two. And now Seth's at a crossroads. After we come back from a commercial, we see Pierce and Sonya and apparently his best buddy, Rey Mysterio, helping uh, get Edge, uh, you know, with the EMTs loaded up into an ambulance. And then they pull back after the ambulance pulls away, and we see that Seth's about, you know, 10 feet to the side of this watching the whole thing happen. Sarah puts a microphone in his face and says, how do you feel about everything that just took place? Seth doesn't know how to feel. In fact, perhaps he feels nothing at all. Does this mean his character's going good? Does this mean his character's going all the way to a dark place because he feels nothing at all? I don't know. Seth's kind of in limbo now. Yeah, he was flustered. He was numb. He, he's stuttering. Uh, you know, that was interesting to see where he goes. I don't think a face turn. I don't think he's going to turn good out of this. But I just don't think that maybe it's just one of those things where I think eventually he's like, wow, I didn't realize I could go that far. Maybe that's what was shocking him. I didn't realize I was going to go that far to the point where I was going to seriously injure him. Like I said, I was going to, but it felt kind of good. So. <laughs> uh, there was a 10-man uh, tag team. There we go. SmackDown ripping off AEW. 10-man tag team match. We had Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, and the Mysterios. They defeated Sami Zayn. Shout out to Sami Zayn. I don't watch basketball. I had no idea who that guy was, but I know the Knicks lost to the, Har uh, the Hawks in heartbreaking fashion, and I guess that was the guy that did it. So shout out to Sami Zayn in WWE. For, uh, it reminded me, uh, for historians out there, the 2000 Royal Rumble. The Dudleys didn't bring out John Rocker, but he said the name John Rocker in Madison Square Garden, and the plays went nuts. <laughs> so, 
Um, it was really that, but yeah, imagine John Rocker showed up at the Garden in the year 2000. And said, what, what do you say? The subway, the subway system's trash, or the people in the subways are trash in New York? Yeah, City? it was like two weeks removed for him saying, like, you know, the, the the dregs of humanity are on that subway, and I never want to go to that city again, or something like that. And yeah, MSG reacted in you know exactly how you would expect. Yeah. Uh, the team of Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews. Hey, Apollo Crews back on TV. Uh, Otis and the Dirty Dogs after a big ending on Sami. Uh, Biggie, hey, he called the shot on SmackDown. He said he was going. He said he's coming. I don't think he, I don't know if you remember. He said he was going to Raw or not on on Friday night. But uh, he said he called the shot on Friday. He's like it's coming. And then he came out on Twitter Monday, and then we got what we got last night. So, uh, staying with WWE, but switching gears for the final time to the black and gold brand of NXT. NXT V1. Right? Can we start doing that now? Can we start referencing the old school NXT? Uh, John DeCounty, there was two tag team title matches. The men's main evented MSK uh, against Lorcan and Birch. Excuse me, Borkin and Lurch. Sorry, John Smith. Um, <laughs> that was different. At, yeah, all right. I'll let you go with this one. That was weird. I don't know what to think about this. Yeah, so MSK granted uh, Borkin and Lurch the uh, the rematch for the title, the, the, the shot at the titles that they never technically lost. And you got everything you want out of these two teams. Uh, you got almost 12 and a half minutes. It ends with uh, MSK hitting that, uh, I think they call it end transmission, uh, the spine buster, blockbuster on yeah. uh, on Lorcan. And uh, Lee makes the cover for the win. But it, it, oddly enough, once again, it was all about the post-match. You know, MSK retains, good for them, nicey-nice. Once again, we've got ourselves a lovely four-man unit that there's absolutely nothing wrong with. And... Boy, don't you just enjoy watching them go out there and kick people's asses and, nah, screw it. Let's break them up. Holland and Pete Dunn beat the hell out of uh, Oni and uh, uh, Danny because, honestly, why would you want a cool stable? Yeah, John Smith, what are your thoughts on that? I was a fan of the four of these finally together. I, I was kind of hoping at some time that they would – get called up to SmackDown to reunite with Pat McAfee. Like, that's why I was hoping they would go with this. Yeah, it is not to be. And um, I, I just don't – I hope this isn't a sign of things to come, of things just getting blown up for no reason. I, I feel like we're not going to see Borkin and Lurch very much moving forward. No, and Danny Burch has a heel. I love Danny Burch. He didn't shut up. Like, he, he, never, he never said a word, really, when they were faces with, with their tag title run in, uh, in, the, in the, not the tag title in the beginning, but, like, when they first started teaming together, you really didn't hear anything about Danny. He, didn't, he was the governor. Loved him. Yeah. It meant to be. And in the second tag team championship match, my heart was broken as Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defeated Casey Canizero. And Caden Carter, after flipping GTS, followed by the Moonsault. Post-match attack, though. Uh, orchestrated by Manny Rose as Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. They attacked Casey and Caden. I don't like those three anymore. Uh, looking forward to Casey and Caden getting some retaliation, retribution, whatever you want to call it, on those three biatches. And why put Manny Rose in a nose? Like, this is... John Smith, your boy was in action. Santos Escobar... Uh, against the uh, the breakout tournament winner, it was Carmelo Hayes. We all kind of picked this one wrong. 
because you, you know you can't take momentum against away from Carmelo because he's got a you know a championship match coming up soon. Yeah, well, Carmelo got a taste of what NXT is going to be like for him moving forward because you know Santos has himself a little entourage, and you know we got we got an awesome match. It probably went about fifteen minutes. You know we got a. Um, a nice uh, Hurricane Rana off the top rope, a springboard off the second rope, leg drop backwards somehow by Carmelo Hayes, um, <laughs> yeah, a jumping DDT <laughs> over the rope on, onto the, the hardest part of the ring, which is actually isn't the hardest part of the ring. The ring post is. Ring post is. Thank you, Taz. <laughs> Thank you, Taz. Um, but then once once he did that, then uh, I you'll have to forgive me. I forgot her name. Electra Lopez. Electra Lopez. Yeah, she while while the ref was distracted by the other members of Legato, Electra Lopez just a nice little body slam and then puts her jacket right back on and buttons it up like she like nothing happened. And we get um, a phantom driver for the one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And welcome to NXT, Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> Uh, Kaylee Ray and Ember Moon, they, uh, opened the show. I, that was an incredible match. I really enjoyed that match. I think they went 11 minutes or so that on, on the bottom floor right there. Those times are provided by MinisterBellTime.com. Thank you, Thank you, John Connie. I don't know if you did this show or not. Uh, Kaylee Ray got the win after the Widow's Peak. I don't know what she's calling it, but it was the Widow's Peak. And, uh, Ember's starting to get a little frustrated here. So, it's actually been interesting to see what happens now, uh, I guess with the new regime, what they're going to do with Ember Moon going forward because where she is right now, she really can't – I guess she could get lower, but I really don't think she want, they, people want her to get as low as uh, she is <laughs> right now. Um, uh, why can't I think of his name? Malcolm Bivens. He officially announced the Creed Brothers, John DeConning, as yeah. the newest members of Diamond Mine. Yes, Julius and Brutus Creed, and they took on Chucky Viola and Paxton Averill, otherwise known as Inaction. And uh, yeah, was not a great night for uh, Viola and Averill as uh, Julius and Brutus tagged in and out by slapping each other in the face and then brutalizing their opponents. Uh, Julius would hit, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, some kind of tumbling backwards kind of it's looked like he was starting with an angle slam but he rolled backwards into it and he finished viola off with a nasty low lariat for the win match only went you know 215 217 but uh these boys they lay generic right now but they're gonna be nasty so uh, this this just might save the diamond this they were they looked impressive to me. They were extremely impressive to me. I don't want to go in the ring with them. You, you look at them, they kind of yeah, they kind of I don't say generic, they were they kind of look like schmucks. Like they're like they just look like how are these guys looking to oh okay, they're gonna be a problem. Like they are going yeah. to be a serious problem. Uh knowing certain promoters, like I might uh seem to know them, like how they come off. I wouldn't be shocked if they defeated MSK tonight to be the NXT Tag Team Champions. <laughs> Screw it, just give them to them now. <laughs> and then so. somewhere down the line, can't you just see them battling with the Steveson brothers when they both make it to <laughs> yeah. in-ring? Yeah. Rex Steiner. Rex Steiner's coming. He, he picked there his name. Go. I don't know if you heard that. Rex. Yeah. 
Uh, hit row, hit row to the promo. Not gonna let Legato get one over on them again. And Mei Ying, she was in her uh, in action for the first time. Her first match, I believe, it lasted less than a minute or around that time. Uh, Tongan Death Grip, the Tongan Death Grip. Haku is still uh, around. He's still bang, right? Is it Ming? Didn't Ming start that? WCW. Yep. Uh, here he comes down the bottom. Mei Ying. Oh, it's Dream Girl That name sounds familiar. Yeah, 47 seconds. Good job. So, going into tonight, I'm doing the switch right now, guys. I had appropriate music, I believe, queued up. I hope this works out. As we say goodbye to the black and gold, we put up the new logo in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh before we get going i do want to give a shout out i do believe this little boy's name is billy reynolds he was the one who designed the new nxt <laughs> logo so i guess he won the the contest amongst the first graders they had it with shout out to billy reynolds um kind of don't want to make fun of it knowing that his six-year-old drew it you know you kind of feel like oh good job maybe that was on his parents <laughs> fridge or something and there you go billy so we got a wedding tonight, boys. We have a wedding. We have between Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis. They had both of their bachelor parties last week. Everything seems to be going great. Uh, it looks like, uh, first of all, shout out to Cameron Grimes, who uh, fronted the money for all of Dexter Loomis's uh, uh, festivities, the race cars, the laser tag, all of that. But they let bygones be bygones. They mentioned that in the beginning because it didn't. I believe we talked about it last week. It didn't make sense that Cameron Grimes was going to be a part of this, but they they they, they mentioned it. Yeah, they, uh, pro, like, they pro wrestling their way around that one real good. That, yeah, I, I they, love they, that. They, but, uh, but Johnny was having some problems here and there, but and Dexter helped him. Helped him with the axe throwing, which was a little scary. I have Dexter <laughs> so good at that. But uh, you know, he, he choked out all the laser tag guys, so Johnny could shoot. They 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 had the high five at the end. So where does this go wrong? I guess is my question, John Connie. <laughs> that is the question. How does this come crumbling down into a wedding wrestling, uh, wrestling wedding that we they they all just turned to hell? So how does this one? I, I don't understand what you're saying. That tonight is going to be magical and absolutely nothing's going to go wrong. It, it, it's just it's written in the heavens. <laughs> okay, John Smith. <laughs> you know what this this. This one has been this angle's been like perfect, like the same way the million dollar championship angle was perfect. But I don't think it's going to end perfectly. I'm just wondering who's going to crash everything. Is it going to be um, what the hell's his name? Austin Theories. Austin Theory. Austin Theory. I, I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, he ran away. Is he secretly in love with Indy this whole time, and he crashes it? Maybe like because I don't think there's gonna be who's anyone who's secretly in love with Dexter. Maybe Lana's secretly in love with Indy. No. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Put that one over again. We get Liv Morgan back in uh, on this one. Um, <laughs> this is is there any chance that Dexter? This is a Dexter Loomis ploy. To screw with Johnny, like does does Dexter end up like gaining God, Johnny's trust here and stabbing him in the back somehow? That crossed my mind as well because this, this could go any which way. I don't think that's much of a payoff though. 
Because like, yeah, I mean, if Johnny was in the title match, maybe that would make more sense. But like, what's what's there to gain for Dexter? Or what's there to really cost Johnny at this point? Okay. All right. So I guess we'll find out tonight. Uh, congratulations! Uh, cheers to Dexter and Indy. Um. Yeah, I guess maybe I hope Dexter doesn't have the same issue Drake Maverick did and, and constantly I was just going to the next match. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Robert Stone, shout out, hashtag I spy a Jersey guy. Robert Stone did something right. He got Frankie Monet in NXT Women's Championship match. This will be tonight, NXT 2.0. This is where Robert Stone turns everything around, boys. Are we seeing PWI manager of the year here, John Smith? <laughs> Possibly. Robert uh, Stone, baby. Yeah, this this whole thing, I mean, I could see them putting it on Frankie. I, I could just see it happening. It's something that I see Vince doing, and that's the way we got to think about it now. But, um, you know, Robert Stone costing her makes more sense, so I'm going to go with Raquel on this one. All right, John DeConi. Yeah, yeah, I was flipping back and forth between is it time to call Raquel up, in which case it goes on Frankie, or is it time to call Frankie up, in which case she's just resume fodder for Raquel. I think it makes more sense uh, for Frankie to move up because she's not quite as, you know, obviously she's well-seasoned. Raquel's still a little green, as great as she is as champion. I want to see her continue as champion, so I'm picking Raquel. Yeah, I'm going to go with Raquel Gonzalez as well. I don't think either of them are going to get called. I feel like they would have been called up already by now. Because if you know, you know, certain, you're hearing the rumors or whatever, everyone's uh, wrestling on the main event. You hear, you know, Zia Lee, you're hearing Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, after all these years, finally. Um, I, I think they, I, I, I don't know. And I feel like if it was Raquel to go up, I, I think if you put a Frankie, you just put a right with Morrison. And that would be just incredible, the two of them together. Just let them be idiots. Uh, I'm sure Frankie could play a great one, too, um, as long as that stupid dog isn't around. Uh, uh, Raquel's going to go back to being Diesel. It's it's almost like that rumor going around that Adam Cole was supposed to be somebody's manager. They're going to pay him a million dollars to sit on the side. That's exactly where we're at. The only way that would work is if it's Sasha Banks. But I don't think... You would do this to Raquel again. She just got out of the Diesel role. Now you can put her back in. You know, yeah, but, so, but everything gosh. that happens in NXT doesn't mean anything when you come up to the main roster. I guess not. I guess not. Vince doesn't care about him. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get Raquel with this. Uh, I just there's no. I, I think too soon for Frankie as well. Is that a thing? Is that too soon? Um, and then when we found out on Sunday night. Uh, unfortunately, Samoa Joe put out a video due to various injuries. Uh, he has to vacate the championship. So rumors begin flying around everywhere that, oh, you know, Vince McMahon's doing this. He fired Joe once. He's going to fire him again. Um, anyway, coincidence or not, Joe did say at the end of the video, he will be coming after when he gets uh, cleared to return. He will be coming after whoever is champion. So hopefully that is a good sign that Joe uh, will be back at some point because, you know, one match, that was great. That just wasn't enough, though. We want more Joe. We want Joe. Joe is going to kill you. Like, we want more of that. Joe, Joe, Joe. Exactly. Joe. Um, so 
the original plan for tonight, there was supposed to be a fatal four-way uh, to determine Samoa Joe's first uh, challenger. As you see the bottom of the graphic here, I got this, uh, I guess, too late. NXT Championship number one contender match. Instead, this match will be, the following contest is for the NXT Championship. So the vacated title will be on the line tonight in the first ever episode of NXT 2.0, we have Peter Dune, we have LA Knight, we have Kyle O'Reilly, we have Tommaso Ciampa, who uh, did mention last week that he wants Goldie back as he threw the chair into the overhead door. Uh, I believe this will be championship number two for him. I don't think he regained it after he had to vacate it. So, uh, John Smith, as our senior NXT correspondent, what do you got walking away with this year? Oh, Pete Dunn should win, but I think all signs point to Kyle O'Reilly winning this one. I think he's going to get his obligatory title run that they probably promised him or that he thinks or we think that many people think he's owed after the program with, with Adam Cole. But I, I don't I don't like that idea, but I think that's what's happening. Okay, now, do you think Kyle O'Reilly would have won this as a number one contenders match? No, I think Pete Dunn would have won it, and he would have been Samoa Joe's first victim. Okay. John DeConi, same question for you. I guess we would pick the champion first, and then it, it, would it, did it change, I guess, is the... Yeah, I, I think as the number one contender match, I absolutely would have gone with Pete Dunn, and I... I kind of want to anyway, but something tells me because of the mic work and the fact that this show is being produced by Vince and uh, Brother Love, I think L.A. Knight takes this here. I had L.A. Knight winning this as a number one contenders match. He was the one that I think I don't think it was it was leaked or whatever, but when they all came out to talk trash to Joe, L.A. Knight was the only one to actually come to blows with Joe. No one else got the Joe except for LA Knight. Maybe it's a reward. I'm not saying he was going to win the title against Joe, but I think maybe as a reward for how amazing that whole feud with Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase, uh, this would have been his reward to give him the main event status that they feel he is and why they signed him and rewarding him for choosing NXT over AEW. Uh, I think the title, I, I think LA Knight still chases here. I don't think you give this to LA Knight Tonight, I like Kyle O'Reilly tonight. I'm with John Smith. I think uh, this would be the rate. Oh, there's a new NXT 2.0. It's Kyle O'Reilly. You know, I think that's where maybe their heads at. I think we're going to get a uh, between either him or Ciampa. I could see Ciampa winning too. I think it's going to be one of the two faces tonight with LA Knight being their first challenger. Then maybe have LA Knight become champion for Joe, and then we finally circle back to the original plan of Samoa Joe and LA Knight. So, oh um, yeah, I, I, I my original pick was Champa. I, I believe I did pick Champa yesterday on Ryan Joy. I'll flip flop the Kyle. I think that's just too much of a feel good, uh, yay story. You know, type the old. You know, those matches with Adam Cole were great. So I mean, yeah. maybe this is like, you know, here you go. You know, Adam Cole leaves. This is this is your reward. Whatever. Yeah, yeah that's you know what this feels like. It feels like them giving the title to Christian after Edge had to retire. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that statement. I'll let it stand though. I'll allow it. 
real quick, Ryan Joy uh, is not with us today. He did send us graphics. We'll bring it up real quick for the G1 Climax. This is probably the bit. Oh, I got to take that graphic off. Ishii is kind of ugly. Ah, no, I'll take it off. Uh <laughs> Uh, this, uh, the G1 Climax, uh, is the, probably the, the biggest tournament in professional wrestling. Uh, it is a round robin style tournament, uh, 20 guys in it divided up into two blocks of 10. This is the A block. We got Kota Ibushi, Kenta, that guy looks familiar. Shingo Takagi, who is the IWGP uh, heavyweight champion. Tatsuya Naito was always my pick. I'm going to pick him again. Uh, uh, Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr., Tonga Loa of the, of the, uh, Oh, what the, I was going to call Disciples of the New Church. That's the Gorillas of Destiny. Gorillas. How did I date myself on that one? The Disciples of the New Church. <laughs> Holy crap. TNA, TNA, TNA. <laughs> anyway, back to the A block. Uh, you got the the great uh, the great Okan. Uh, you got the Playboy guy from the Bullet Club, Ta Takahashi, and Toro Yanu. Uh, he's always good for some amazing uh, matches in this tournament. I do believe he did defeat, I don't think it was last year, but two years ago, he did beat John Moxley uh, in the G1 Climax. So anything can happen in this tournament. Uh, B block, as they say in the, the promos. Uh, uh, you got Tanahashi. <laughs> you got Tanahashi. You got the ace up there in the top left corner. Evil from the Bullet Club. You got Jeff Cobb. Tai Chi, Sonata. You got Chase Owens down in the bottom with Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Tamatanga from the Girls of Destiny. And then everyone's favorite, Mr. 17 star himself, Kazuchika Okada. John Smith. I guess the, the question is, do you know any of these guys? Do you have a do you have a favorite in the G1 climax right now before it gets going? Um, no favorite. Um, I only know most of the all these guys by name besides Kenta. I think I don't I don't think I've ever seen any of them wrestle unless it was like a random show that I watched, but I don't remember them. All right. Um, I guess there's a reason why Ryan Joy is our analyst with this. John McConney. The winner of this, uh, the winner of the G1 Climax traditionally does challenge the the uh, IWGP heavyweight champion at Wrestle Kingdom, which, as we all know, Wrestle Kingdom is, is uh, New Japan's version of Bound for Glory. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I had to make a snap decision, I'd go with Okada because, you know, he can put on an amazing match with anyone, but I look for now. I if if we're gonna break this down like we did last year or one of the tournaments we did, we, you know, we all bet with Ryan. I'd have to look at because I'm not real good on who's aligned with who, but I, I look for yeah, Jeff Cobb to go pretty far in this this year. I just get, I got a feeling like he's gonna get a nice push out of it. Jeff Cobb, he was Matanza Cueto in Lucha Underground, right? I like Jeff Cobb. I like Matanza Cueto. <laughs> um, switching gears, you go. Okay, we gotta light the fuse. We're gonna bring the boom. Dynamite. Okay, John DeConi, uh, uh, John Smith. Excuse me. I'm sorry. We got to remember to bring the boom tomorrow night. That's in there. We gotta, that's like mandatory. We got to show the boom uh, to get into the building. I believe, right? We got to bring the boom. Hey, as long as I remember my Cody is trash sign, it doesn't matter what else we bring tomorrow. <laughs> uh, John Smith. Last week, Cincinnati. Oh, did you know that John Moxley was from Cincinnati? John Moxley. Uh, he had a match. With Minoru Suzuki from New Japan, a little interpromotional uh, match here. As Suzuki is stateside, he will not be competed in the G1. So hopefully 
uh, we will get more of him. I'm not upset, but this match. Eh. Yeah, this. I was expecting more out of this. Maybe it's because he's going to do like a whole series of matches here that they didn't pull out all the stops on his first one. But, um, you know, they, we start the match. They're just trading blows harder and harder and harder. And then we go to commercial. And when we come back, they're biting each other. Cold <laughs> <laughs> style, baby. <laughs> so then we go back to more punches. And all of a sudden, Suzuki's eye is busted open in the corner, and he's just bleeding everywhere. You know, they might have gotten a few wrestling moves in, but they were just basically beating the hell out of each other all over the place until finally Moxley hit a paradigm shift, which ended up being more of a suplex because he flipped himself over. But uh, either way, it was all about the singing wild thing with the Cincinnati crowd at the end. So that's that's what that's why it main evented. That's it, man. It is a dream match. They did have one match in New Japan. Um, I think it was a lot better than this one, if I remember correctly. But it's it, it, John, uh, John Smith, excuse me. Uh, John Smith, I, I do think that you're right. I did get this graphic from Ryan Joy yesterday that uh, I guess Suzuki Goon has a new challenge for John Moxley. I guess they're going right back to Lance Archer, who was a member of Suzuki Goon, which is the. Uh, the, the stable, John Connie, you're right. Everybody's with somebody in in New Japan. It's and uh, I guess Lance Archer is with Minoru Suzuki. So I don't know if this is going to be a match. I don't know if this is going to be anything. But I guess we're circling back to Archer and Moxley um, again. Does Archer still have that title, that U.S. title? John <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I got, and he might. And what is it? He 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 beat uh, Hikaleo. We'll it, mention him later. He immediately he yeah. He dropped it back to uh, Jesus Christ. One of the Japanese legends that I don't know any of them by name. So. Oh, that's right. He lost it back. In, yeah. Okay. I got you. Yes, he did lose it. I do believe uh, he lost. It was like a, that Friday night show, the the, the U.S. New Japan show. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Look at uh, Malachi Black, he defeated Dustin Rhodes after a black mass. Uh, John DeConnie, Dustin did bleed in this match, correct? Just a little bit right at the very end. Very uh, against the grain there. But that does count. Uh, I will allow it. That does count. So congratulations, Dustin Rhodes. 27 matches consecutive on Dynamite. <laughs> the streak is alive. The streak is alive. And then it's back in his hair. Uh, the Elite did an in-ring promo introducing Adam Cole as their newest member. Adam Cole will be in-ring tomorrow night as he will face Frankie Kazarian. Um, the Elite was then interrupted by Brian Danielson. Looks like he's going to try to weasel his way into a championship match soon. They will have a segment uh, tomorrow night as well as Brian Danielson will call out Kenny Omega. Um one thing I want to mention about this, though, and they did it again on Rampage. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks are my best friends. I love the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega is my best friend. I love Kenny Omega. What about the Good Brothers? No love for Doc and – just because they're not, you know, all elite technically. I mean, they've been there every step of the way. They're holding gold still for the time being. There's so many love for the Good Brothers. Doc Gallows never, t- never gets pinned. How do you not love Doc? <laughs> Uh, any shot you giving Frankie Kazarian a chance, John Smith? No, not a not a shot in hell. And hopefully, it's 
a, like a four and a half minute match and they don't go two segments just because it's Adam Cole's first match. So they got to have him do, you know, all this move set and have a knockdown drag out match right away. All right. John DeCani. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you look at those two names and you think they can go for 25 minutes, but there's absolutely no need for that. Cole should get it done and get it done fairly quickly. They already did that with Christian and Kazarian. Yeah, that was a great match. Um, CM Punk came out asking the crowd what he should do next. Taz from commentary told Punk not to mention anybody from his team, which Punk didn't. So Taz warned him again, don't mention anybody from my team. And Punk's like, I didn't. So now they're going to fight. <laughs> sure. Now, there's yeah, there's holes everywhere in that one. That one didn't make sense. But, you know, the, the biggest one I feel... Why wouldn't Taz want to just go guns a-blazing right at CM Punk? Don't avoid this. It's not Taz. Send you guys out. Be the guy that takes out CM Punk. Let's go, Team Taz. I want to see Taz versus CM Punk. That'd be fun. <laughs> That's a match we never got. No, Very I think true. Taz was already retired by the time Punk uh, came around. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that would be absolutely great. Uh, CM Punk even threw out the Survive If I Let You catchphrase that Taz made famous way back when, and we all know and love. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, representing Team Taz, he, he did come out, and Hook did come out. Hook, again, just rolled out of bed, came out for Dynamite. Um, <laughs> uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, he had a match right after that. He defeated Dante Martin with the Spine Busters. Uh, conspicuous by their absence are the Sedans. I did not see them at ringside supporting Dante Martin. <laughs> You know, I, I want to keep using that joke. Uh, it was a type that was not Ryan Joy being stupid. Like that was a typo. That was an autocorrect that he didn't win. Right? That's that's just fun. You know, I'm not trying to make. I'm not trying to you know take traction at Ryan Joy, especially when he's not here. Yeah, it was uh, supposed to be Ryan's fantasy football name. If the other guys on the Eastern Observer didn't have big vagines. Yes. John the County, we got uh, Rancid all stuck in our head all over again, finally, after we got it out of it. Uh, but Ruby didn't have her first match. Ruby, 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 Ruby. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, Ruby Soho would take on Jamie Hayter. Uh, she would end it with, uh, I, I, like, I don't, I understand she had to give up the last name, but there's no reason why we can't call it a riot kick, right? Uh, call it a Gamangiri if you want, whatever the ca case is. She hit Jamie Hayter in the head. And Jamie, who's much bigger, much tougher, much stronger than her, <laughs> passed out like, you know, uh, the, the Damon Wayans and the old boys on film uh, segment on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kicked in the head. And just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Riot with the one, two, three. Britain Rebel uh, join Hater in attacking uh, uh, Ruby Soho. And Riho would come down for the save. But they were still outnumbered. Chris Stantlander would eventually make it down to clear the ring with a steel chair. And that leads us into, I'm sure, uh, well, yeah, we I think we had that on Rampage. So. You can go for it. No, we don't have to do it. It's all AEW. It's not like they're, they're brand specific. They, they should be, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, seven yeah, Ruby brands. On Friday night on Rampage, Ruby, uh, Ruby Soho's Chris Stantlander and Riho, they defeated Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter. Again, riot kick. Three right kicks, three victories for Ruby. So looking pretty good. Yeah, right now everybody in W. Oh my God, if we can just get the AEW, we can become champion right off the bat. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> jump the line. Yep. 
Dan Lambert. You love Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert took another heaping bleep on AEW from the Raptors. He made sure he goes up way up high to catch everybody on the discharge. Uh, he really just hates AEW. It's just fun to listen to. He's just the amount of heat. He's, he's my bad. favorite. Yeah, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. He speaks from the heart. He speaks hard. <laughs> uh, could, Andy Anderson, he came out not to be undone. He took a bleep on Cincinnati. So Brian Pillman Jr. came out to represent, started the throwdown with MJF until Warlow interrupted and took care of Pillman and then Griff Garrison. Uh, Brian Pillman is going to get MJF at Arthur Ashe. He actually had a fight with Max Caster. He defeated Max Caster in the main event of Rampage. That was a fun little moment, you know, Cincinnati boys, because Moxley came out at the end as well. But did you hear that his sister went into labor after MJ, uh, MJF shot the yeah. promo on her? She got so riled up, she went into labor. <laughs> that, that I mean, come on. If you don't already love slash hate MJF exactly the way you're supposed to, the greatest heel in wrestling right now on the mic caused the woman to go into labor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's never going to let us forget that. He will never let us forget that. And that baby's name better be Maxwell. Maxwell Pillman or whatever. Her, I don't know if she's married or not. but it's, it's... Maxwell Jacob Pillman. Maxwell Jacob Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> Santana and Ortiz, they did a backstage promo. They want to climb the tag team ranks. I don't know if we got that match in Impact or not. Uh, I don't believe we did. But if we get Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Brothers, sign me up for that one. I'm in. Oh, yes. Uh, John DeConi, uh Dark Order. Turmoil. Shambles, I believe is the word I have. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 absolutely a cry and shame. They, uh, Uno, Grayson, and Silver took on FTR and Sean Spears. And it just it just was a mess. I mean, Silver, you know, almost seems like he's on the outs. He's constantly having trouble. We know who perhaps could save him, but that's, you know, for a, a later date. Anna Jay tried to set them straight, tried to talk some sense into them, but it would eventually break down into Spears, getting that C4 Death Valley driver on Silver for the win. And, you know, Silver took some lumps from, from Uno afterwards. Brought out Tay and Jay on their way. To, they never quite made it down to the ring, so we don't know exactly how that worked out. But Dark Order is in need of some leadership. Exactly. Just leadership is the worst. So, John Smith, your prediction. Who is – actually, I guess the question is, is the Dark Order going to implode officially and it all is going to break off and Johnny Hungry uh, goes on the world title run we all know he deserves? Or does somebody come and save and keep this puzzle – together keep the pieces together of this puzzle let me in there you go that's what i'm thinking too john is that you're thinking johnny because i know everybody like, well hey man page can save no hey man page wants something to build him. you know i i think you can bring in the gentleman that we're speaking about and even if it you know because I, I gotta think if he comes in that if they let him in he will be bringing some friends with him and then they can re-splinter off and let somebody else ride in on a white horse and save uh, the Dark Order eventually somewhere down the line when the other guys splinter off. I, I, I think Bray is the only answer to this question because the connection with Brody. Like, it has to be Bray Wyatt. If, if this, this, this has to be leading to that. I, I, I can't I, – if it's Hangman Page, 
I'm going to be pissed. I guess really. Yeah, and everything he does is in Brody's name, the same way it would be in like Sister Abigail's name back in yeah. WWE. Yep. Um, Tully Blanchard, as we found out after the match, after Pinnacle defeated the Dark Order, uh, Tully Blanchard has a beef with Darby Allen and Sting. So uh, on Wednesday. John Smith, me and you, we're getting this match at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. We got Sean Spears going against Darby Allen, but that's—I don't want to say that's. I mean, that's a big story in my opinion. That's a big deal, but it's not the biggest deal that came out of this. Where Tully wants Tully Blanchard wants Sting one more time. Does anybody? Is it even on record? Was television even invented the last time Tully Blanchard and Sting had a one-on-one -on -one confrontation? Yeah, I've never heard of a Tully Blanchard versus Sting match. No, so, it had to have happened with Blanchard and the Four Horsemen and Sting hating the Four Horsemen. Yeah. They had to have crossed paths at some point uh, in, in a lead-in to Sting and Flair, but, like, yeah, I don't remember there being... Yeah, I'm going with Spears on this one. I just, I, I don't want to see Darby Allen win in person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking with Darby. I don't see him win anywhere. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. John McConney? Yeah, unfortunately, I think Darby has to get back on a winning streak, and no. poor Sean Spears is a is a, is a punching bag. So we will probably be counting the lights. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Sean Spears. They got one up on the two of them on on Rampage on Friday. Spears came out, hit Darby with a chair, while uh, Tully had Sting distracted. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, Darby. It's just, uh, I like man, turtles. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to have one of those signs. <laughs> and then as uh, what AEW has been doing lately, um, you know, CM Punk riding high in Chicago, John Moxley, Brian Pillman riding high in Cincinnati. We are getting our Jersey girl. What tomorrow night as the Prudential Center welcomes home Layla Hirsch, and she doesn't even have a graphic. Going uh, <laughs> up against uh, Jade Cargill. I want to see Jade Cargill tied up in pretzels, like a pretzel. John Smith, I, I think that might be Jersey Girl. I think that might be my sign I bring if I make one. I'm out of construction paper at the moment. So, John Smith, who do you got in this one? Construction paper? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, that's, that's what the posters are. They just they just taped pieces of construction paper together, right? Pegging up for the... That's your glue stick. With a yeah. glue stick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, I got Jade Cargill on this one. I love Layla Hirsch, but I don't think she's winning this one. John Nakani? Yeah, I think just like uh, Layla helped... Uh, Camille, I think this is a stretch it out match. This, you know, go from, you know, two minutes and three moves to let's get eight minutes maybe out of her. Eight minutes out of Jade Cargill. That's asking a lot. See, the thing is, you know, Travis Severs brought this up on the Minutes of Bell Time thread on Facebook. That's what AEW does. They like to, you know, they're hometown heroes. They're like, okay, Travis, remember you said that. Remember you said that. Because I'm fearing a two-minute squash. I, I don't know. Well, it's not our hometown. Hillsboro's, you know, an hour and a half south of Newark. And well, it's our home state, so it counts. Uh, also, uh, an AEW going from 
uh, Dynamite to Rampage, John DeConte. We got our match that we didn't get on All Out because Chavo, uh, I, guess, I guess it's true. I can't, he never admitted it. Uh, because Chavo might have uh, screwed with Pac's travel plans again. Uh, but we got our match with Andrade and Pac. And again, this one was interesting. This would have... Uh, this would have, it wouldn't have affected our records because we all had Andrade, but this one, again, a weird ending. Yeah, yeah. So we get, we got, you know, 15 and a half minutes out of these guys. We got a, the great match that we, uh, expected that, uh, would have looked great on that pay-per-view. Uh, in the end, uh, Pac would lock in the Brutalizer on Andrade and, uh, Jose, the assistant jumped up on the apron with a stun gun to, you know, snapping the, the stun gun to distract the referee and the Lucha brothers who were not at ringside uh, would come sprinting out, yank Jose off the apron. But while all that crap was happening and the ref's back was turned, Chavo jumped in the ring and brained Pac with his iPad. And then this was the weirdness of it because, okay, he hits him in the head and Andrade rolls him right over into the one, two, three. And somehow Andrade didn't realize what had happened because as they're heading back up the ramp, Jose is telling Andrade exactly what played out. Chavo catches up to them and Andrade decides to whack Chavo in the chops for helping him out. So Chavito obviously is on his way out. Who knows? But uh, And then Chavo would get dragged back down to the ring. He'd get put in the brutalizer and four referees couldn't pull Pac off. But, you know, poor Chavo. Yeah, poor Chavo. That's exactly yeah, it. By the way, I forgot to mention this match uh, sponsored by Apple and the iPad. Uh, that was the new iPad uh, 14.6, I believe. I believe is the new iPad that's out. Uh, apparently indestructible. Very indestructible. Uh, you can take a lot of punishment, that iPad. So thank you, Apple and iPad, for sponsoring that match. But, yeah, so the other guy, the guy that weighs Scott Frey, he was, he was doing just as much interfering. He wasn't physically involved, but he was, he was fine, though, right? Yeah, I guess Chavo's heading back to the golf course. We can start calling him Kerwin again. <laughs> um, so that will do it for AEW. Unfortunately, Gary Mahaffey, he we didn't get the chance. To, uh, he didn't get a chance to show up. So I was gonna do a quick rundown real quick before we get to the, our main event of the show. Um, NXT UK last week, last Thursday, there was a six-man tag team match: Aston Smith, Oliver Carter, Saxon Husley, uh, the giant Muppet guy. Uh, they defeated Symbiosis in six-man tag team action with a springboard cutter doomsday device, whatever the hell that move was. It was pretty impressive. Uh, by Carter and Smith on Primate. Blair Davenport is officially suspended and effective immediately. No time frame has been disclosed on how long her suspension will be. Stevie Turner backstage saying uh, now she knows the blueprints on how to beat Miko Satomura. After she lost uh, a few weeks back, it was interrupted by Amelia McKenzie, who didn't like how Stevie was bad-mouthing her friend, the NXT UK Women's Champion, Nico Satomura. So I guess we can kind of maybe potentially uh, next week be able to see Stevie Turner versus Amelia McKenzie. Um, either of you two watch NXT UK, John Smith, I know, you, I know you didn't have probably time for it. I know you were playing serious catch-up today. John DeConnie, did you have to do the times on this or no? I did not get it last week, sorry. All right, so I'm going to go with Amelia McKenzie over Stevie Turner if that match happens. We do have two matches that are officially booked. Uh, the NXT UK, the Heritage Cup Tournament, um, is continuing. Uh, the last match in the first round was last Thursday. Wolfgang defeated Sam Gradwell 2-1 to one after five rounds uh, to advance to the tournament after that slamming spear that he does. That looks pretty vicious. I like that Wolfgang does that. 
he will now face Teal Man in the semifinals. Uh, not this Thursday coming up, but possibly, potentially the next one, because the first semifinal is coming up this Thursday, where I have Noam Dar completely trucking Kenny Williams in the first ever two-round sweep, two fall to nothing. Uh, Noam's got to bury this guy. Uh, hello. Hello, Kenny Williams. John, John Smith, this is right up your alley. Uh, Noam Dar, probably the biggest D-hole there is on the roster, going against a guy who's calling himself the scum of the earth and Kenny Williams. I uh, got a little heel-on-heel -heel going action going on in this tournament where the winner gets to face Tyler Bate. I got Noam Dar uh, to win this whole thing. And then uh, we have a tag team championship match. Pretty deadly. We'll go up against the Coffee Boys representing Gallus. Wolfie is busy in the Heritage Cup championship tournament, uh, the number one contenders tournament. So Mark will team up with his brother Joe. Uh, he's not doing anything at the moment after his loss to Rampage Brown. They kind of bullied uh, pretty deadly a couple of weeks back during a photo shoot. Uh, throwing, I believe it was Lewis Howley into the uh, waterfall, the beautiful waterfall <laughs> they were taking pictures by. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. This this is a toss-up to me, John Smith. I know you don't really watch John DeConi. Any uh, the, the coffee boys are tough, but pretty deadly. They, they they took the belts off of Gallus when we thought Gallus was unbeatable. So this is going to be an interesting contest. Yeah, I, something tells me pretty deadly. I. Something tells me Pretty Deadly gets physically abused throughout this entire match, and then you know somehow finds a way to pull it out. Uh, just because, just so that we see, you know, the Coffee Boys' heads explode when they realize they've lost to these two again. You know, again. Yeah. So that will do it for NXT UK. We apologize. You know, the ratings took a hit with Gary not being here this week. Uh, like I said, this is our fault. Uh, we were on a little bit early. Gary couldn't make uh, the new time. It figured it'd be earlier. I guess 9 p.m. Is, is is tougher to make than 11 p.m. for him over in that uh, British summertime or whatever they call it over there. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go into Impact. Uh, real quick recap of last week. And we got a couple of matches to pick going into this Thursday before we get to um, Victory Road, which I do believe if memory serves correct, was the first Impact pay-per-view in history was Victory Road 2004. And I want to say that was Kevin Nash's debut. And I'm almost willing to bet every cent that I have, Jeff Jarrett walked in as TNA champion and Jeff Jarrett walked out as TNA champion because it was impossible. You think Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns are bad? Jeff Jarrett was impossible to pin back in the early stages of TNA NWA era. Oh my God, he never—they never took that belt off him. But anyway, I digress. What was that, John? No, I was say he already had a hole on his side, and then Nash came out to, uh, you know, put the finishing touches on that match. Uh, I think they—I think that was just uh, the moment of the week last week. I think. Oh, was it? Yeah. We got a little taste of that, yeah. Uh, they need to go back. They just need to reveal you know, moments that they just replace Christian Cage beating Sting. That's all it is. We play that over and over and over again. I won't complain. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Ace Austin suggested last week that Scott Demore, uh, he suggested that Christian be in the ring next week since he had to fight Tommy Dreamer last week. So Demore agrees that let's do an attitude error. Let's do a five on five. I don't get that joke. Anybody, I know attitude error was a little gangish back in like 96. Seven, but I I didn't get that joke at all. Normally, Demore is on point with his ribs, but I didn't get that one. 
Um, too far inside for all of us. I guess. I guess. The more never worked for WWE. Did more ever work for WWE? Like that's. I think so. Uh, Ace Austin immediately saw Brian Myers having a team meeting. <laughs> Oh, the same deal. Yeah, the same deal. Great job. Hi, Mr. and Ms. I don't know what your name is, but if uh, you don't have a resume, you're going to get it. Myers, shut up. That's Ace Austin. Shut up. Anyway, uh, so Myers doesn't like Christian, so Myers accepted to be on Ace Austin's team. Christian had recruited Josh Alexander and Chris Saban. Uh, tried to get both Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Sammy accepted, but Eddie won't tag with Sammy ever again. Really holding on to this broken orbital thing, huh? Uh, but then Austin, uh, Fulton, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, they would be accompanied by Moose, uh, by Miz and Morrison, excuse me, Moose and Morrissey. Because uh, <laughs> uh, they don't want either Sam or Eddie. Long story short, we have a 10-man tag team match as a result of the main event last week where Moose defeated Eddie Edwards after a lights out spear. Chaos ensued post-match. Uh, the team ends with Team Christian, or as it used to be called back in the, uh, the TNA days, the Christian Coalition. Uh, standing tall as Eddie and Sammy somewhat burying their hatch after Sammy saved Alicia from being choke slammed by W. Morrissey. So on one side of all that said and done, we have Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, W. Morrissey, and Moose going against Christian Cage, Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards, Josh Alexander, the X Division champion, and Chris Sabin. All of these guys are most likely, if they're not already involved with Victory Road. Um, they will be. So we'll get to more of them in a minute. But who do you like in this main event cluster bleep, John DeConi? Uh I'm going to say the, the good guys come out on top leading into the pay-per-view. Although there certainly is combustible enough elements in there for this to blow up in their face. But I'm going to say the good guys take it. All right. John Smith. Yeah, I'll agree with that there. Team Christian takes this one. I'm trying to think of what kind of bustable elements that are really are. The only one, you know, because Moose and Morrissey, they're getting along. They're not friends. They made that abundantly clear. Uh, Josh and Saban, I kind of figured, because they have that match coming up, maybe they kind of have a, a small falling out. Eddie and Sammy, they always fall out any minute there. Yeah, I don't bet against yeah, and Christian. And I'll, I'll go with Ace on this one. I'll go I'll go with Ace's team on this one, just because I'm going to go the other way later. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll give Ace the win on Thursday, and then we'll – a sit-down interview with Mickey James saying that she is going to find out what hardcore country is all about. Well, Mickey is going to find out what hashtag Jersey Strong, hashtag Jersey Girl, what an ass-whooping Jersey Girls can get. That's what Mickey James is about to find out. So hopefully that will be bound for glory bound and not wasted on, on Victory Road because that match should be showcased on the big stage. Rhino went through his punishment. The rebaptism is complete. Let the destruction of the war machine begin or resume, I should say, right? Uh, the drama king, Matthew Raywalt, wants an up-close and personal view of the masterpiece that potentially could be Trey Miguel. So after everything that happened in that homecoming tournament and everything that's after, uh, Matthew Raywalt and Trey Miguel, they will finally get at it this Thursday night on Impact, John Smith. Uh, give me Trey Miguel. I always pick him. He always loses. So go against me on this one. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> uh, well, based off that, I'm going to go with Ray Wolf. Uh, but I, <laughs> I could definitely see that one getting tagged on to Victory Road, you know, a rematch. I mean, Ray Wolf, uh, you know, wins by heel tactics and they run it back so Trey can win at the big show or the medium sized show. 
Ray Walt Day. Um, yeah, yeah, Trace should win this, right? I mean, I like, I like Ray Wall. I like Aiden English. I like the bought villains, but it, you know, I mean, he's not, Aiden English isn't bad, but he's Trey Miguel, right? Trey Miguel was was in the world title picture. I don't know about a year ago. I don't know when they they re-signed him. So they so Trey Miguel decides to be loyal and stay, and is getting crapped on now. And then his buddies go. And have been undefeated champions since they got to NXT <laughs> back in January. It's interesting how that whole thing had panned out. I mean, between MSK and Trey Miguel. I'll go Trey Miguel on that one. Uh, Swingers Palace, as always, amazing. TJP's short bet was on Macklin defeating Petey Williams. Uh, and then during the match uh, between Macklin and Petey Williams, a Congo line led by, uh, led by TJP distracted Petey before he was about to attempt the Canadian Destroyer, allowing Macklin to hit Mayhem for All, which I believe is the name of the finishing move. So this Thursday, we're going to have TJP and Petey Williams. Why this isn't on Victory Road is beyond me. No John yeah, I completely agree. This should be on Victory Road. Uh, you know, TJP has been a thorn in his side uh, for weeks now. Uh, I say TJP gets the victory here. He's, we're getting very heelish, John Smith. We're getting a very heelish TJP here. Yeah, I'm going to go with TJP as well. I'd like to see that side of him come out. We haven't really ever seen that in, in any brand that he's been a part of. Nope. Yeah, I'm going to go TJP as well. I don't think I think Petey's there to you know do jobs. Attempt yeah. to attempt to hit the Canadian Destroyer and then get it reversed and take it in. Never quite get to it. <laughs> no, it's, it's a shame. The only thing I want to Peter Williams just just give give him the proper dupe. Give, I'm sure they'll have some type of multi-man X Division match at Bound for Glory. Just make sure he's involved. Yeah. I'm sure TJP will too. I'm sure Trey Miguel will too. So uh, let's get all those guys together. Um, so. Going into this Saturday night at Victory Road, here are our overall. Here are our yes, there we go. Overall standings at the Essential Wrestling Podcast at ProWrestlingPickem.com. Please go to ProWrestlingPickem.com. Join our public pool. You'll see it in the right-hand column if you're on a laptop or on the top of your phone, and in, in the public pools tab uh, to play against us, Ryan Joy. Uh, he's got a 40-point lead right now. Uh, he's been doing extremely well. John Smith behind him. John Connie behind John Smith, all with 99 wins. Uh, they got Gary, and I just, just SummerSlam just absolutely killed me. Even Murray losing. I just have not recovered from that loss yet. Uh, oh, yeah, and 25 points on Goldberg. Travis on the bottom. Tyler will be Tyler. I do still have the lead in the impact-only standings. That's only a matter of time. John Connie and John Smith. One point behind me, Ryan, three points behind me. It's only a matter of time. The way I've been picking lately that day, I will be caught. Here's the scoring for the show on Saturday night. Standard uh, Impact Plus shows. Five points for the Impact title match. Three for all other title matches. One point for non-title matches. Uh, we do have two interpromotional matches booked. One of them being the Impact Championship. So that match will be uh, – uh, those matches get a one-point bump, uh, putting our perfect PPV – bonus at six uh there are five matches booked and um, we're gonna play let's pretend for uh for two of them that we can possibly see being booked uh this thursday the problem with our show being on tuesday we're uh, we're missing an episode here so uh 
there was a backstage promo by Rohit Raju. Uh, he said that Chelsea wanted it, and it referring to the the Tiger <laughs> knee that he calls that is completely 100% better than Kenny Omega's. Uh, so he gave it to her. Uh, it was just simply just giving Chelsea what she wanted in that mixed tag team match when he pinned Chelsea. I don't think Matt Cardona sees it that way. So potentially, uh, John Smith, we could be getting Rohit Raju against Matt Cardona this Saturday night. Who do you got? Uh, I'm giving Matt Cardona in that one. Yeah, he just lost his world championship in that you know independent league. So I think they're going to have him win now. Yeah, he's not king of the hard the death matches anymore, John McConaughey. Did, did yeah. he have a spinner belt too? Didn't he have a spinner belt made just for that? He sure did. Yeah. <laughs> As the greatest troll in wrestling today. Uh, and I think he gets the job done here over Raheet. I can't bet against Raheet. Come on, Raheet. Let's go, buddy. Let's go, Raheet. Get this done. Put Sheer to work here. Make sure Sheer cheat. You got to cheat. You got to make sure Sheer helps you cheat. Get your feet on the ropes. Hand, get your hands. Good grip on the hands. You got a nice handful of tights to pull them up. You got to get this done. Let's go, Rohit. Carl uh, Anderson, uh, he defeated Rich Swan last Thursday in a bunkhouse brawl after a gun stunned off the turnbuckle onto a table. The table didn't break. So, uh, depending on Willie Mack's medical status, uh, he is the missing person in this equation if there is an impact tag team championship match between the Good Brothers and Rich Swan and Willie Mack. So let's play a pathetical. Let's hypothetically, uh, Willie Mack is cleared. Rich Swan is still cleared after that table not breaking. <laughs> John DeConi, who do you have if there is a tag team championship match? The Good Bros have been having a lot of fun at uh, Swan and Mack's expense, which tells me this is the perfect setup for them to get upset. And Willie Mack to kind of come back out of nowhere. It gets booked, and they take the tag titles so we can hear the greatest theme in wrestling. John Smith, what do you got? <laughs> as much as I'd like to agree, I think the Good Brothers are going to hold these titles for a long time. They, they kind of got made fools of for a little while, for about six months, you know, when Finn Juice kept beating them, and, you know, they – they kept getting pinned in all the mat in all the multi-team matches and whatnot. So I think they're going to hold on to these for a while. I, I think they'll win at Victory Road. I think they're in trouble at Bound for Glory because they don't have Kenny anymore to help them cheat. They don't have Don Callis anymore to help them cheat. They're on their own in Impact right now. And I, this whole – they're not Bullet Club. They're elite. So it's not like Jay White or Chris Bay. They're not going to help the Good Brothers, so um, I, I'll give them this one. I don't. Depending on what type of match and who's involved at, at Bound for Glory, I I don't think it's looking good for the Good Brothers there. Uh, but then we have, like I said, five matches that have been officially booked. Uh, first, we have the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships last Thursday night. We uh, Rosemary defeated Tasha Steeles after a spear. Uh, Tasha then stole the title belt. So right now it's uh, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. They are in possession of the uh, the physical championship belts, even though they're not champions. Uh, you kind of want to think that if Rosemary fought Tasha Steeles last week, you kind of want to say that Havoc will be going up against Savannah Evans this Thursday. And this, I think, will be our first in-ring action 
we see John DeConi of Savannah Evans. So who yeah, do you got on Thursday if they fight, and then who do you got on Saturday? I think this sets up nicely where uh, Savannah Evans will obviously win her first match. Uh, she'll beat Havoc somehow, some way. And then here they are, the heels. They stole the belts. They bring them to ringside, and they lose them, and Decay gets them back, which they're rightfully theirs. Anyway, I think Decay, Decay will retain. All right. John Smith. Well, first off, are we really surprised that Tasha – Took those belts. Look at her last name. It, she, it says it right there. <laughs> like, come on. It, it, it's long overdue. She's been telling us for years what she does. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's will an never ad, see it coming. It's, it's an adjective. It's not, you know, it's a verb. It's not a last name. Tasha Steeles. <laughs> Tasha Steeles so, championships. Yeah, exactly. But no, she's, they're, they're going to lose them back to Havoc. And everything that John just said, I agree with. All right. Um, I'm not going to go against – I can't go against Tasha Jersey Girl, especially if we're going to Newark tomorrow. We're going to get out that we're picking against her, John Smith. So um, I'll go Tasha on Saturday. I I just want I, – I, I think I'm going to be wrong because I want to say it's going to be Decay and the influence at Bound for Glory. And I want to see the influence win the tag titles. Maybe they'll put – maybe they'll do a multi-woman, uh, multi-team – um, match, but yeah, let's say I'm gonna go Jersey on this one. I don't bet against Jersey until we get to the main event. Uh, <laughs> in an interpromotional contest, David Finley defeated Chris Bay last Thursday after Juice Robinson returned, pushed Bay's feet off the ropes, preventing a pin attempt. Chris Bay defeated um, David Finley last week, feet on the ropes. Nobody was there to push him off. So, um, a few weeks back, allowing Finley to roll up Chris Bay for the win. The roll, roll up, good job. Uh, but here comes Hikaleo representing the Bullet Club uh, to help Chris Bay out. So now Chris Bay has some Bullet Club reinforcements here. So we have uh, three New Japan guys in an Impact pay-per-view. This is going to be amazing. Uh, along with Chris Bay. And if I, just going off in a small, uh, small whatever rant here. Did anyone notice the Bound for Glory promo has all AAA and... AEW, all every other, there's like five other promotions that will probably be represented at Bound for Glory. Yep. This better be too big for just one night if they're inviting everybody. <laughs> we should do that. Vegas, baby. They're taking a takedown, Vegas. Anyway, uh, back to the in promotional matchup. We got the Bullet Club and Finn Juice, John Smith. Uh, give me the Bullet Club since they're relatively new to Impact. You know, they, I don't think they should be losing. Well, well, representing the Bullet Club right away. Okay. John DeConte, last we saw Hikaleo, I was believe it was against Lance Archer on Dynamite for the uh, IWGP U.S. title, correct? Yes, indeed. That's certainly the last time I saw him. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, you don't bring a big monster like this in and have him lose in his first match, I would imagine. So as much as it is uh, nice to see Finjuice back together again, I think they uh, they take the loss here against the Bullet Club. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bullet Club as well. Uh, no rhyme or reason. I just heels. Bullet Club heels. Um, uh, going off of what happened, uh, you know, I, I did all the backstory or whatever with the 10-man tag team match with the next three matches. So we'll just do a uh, quick here. We got Miz and Morrison. Uh, again, I'm sorry. Moose and Morrissey uh, going against Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. John Smith. 
I'll definitely Moose and Morrissey. Definitely. They're they're too powerful. Now, could we get Moose and Morrissey versus the Good Brothers at Bound? That'd be fun. Yeah. John DeConnie, who do you got in this? Uh, yeah, give me Moose and Morrissey, too. You know, I think Ed, uh, Eddie Edwards and Sammy, they'll be lucky if they make it out of the uh, the 10 man before they are at each other's throats. I think they'll, they'll, they'll definitely find a reason to punch each other in the face by the time we get to Saturday night. All right, I'll take Moose and Morrissey as well. Uh, there was a contract signing for the X Division Championship match on Victory Road. Scott Demore echoed pretty much what everything, uh, what everybody was thinking, that this match is going to be absolutely incredible. We have a dominant current X Division champion in Josh Alexander, who just throws out technical masterpiece after technical masterpiece. Trying to be uh, have his name edged or put in the conversation uh, of the greatest X Division champions of all time, and in order to do that, you have to beat the answer to the question: Who is the greatest X Division champion of all time? Right now, that answer I don't think it's always arguable. Uh, in my opinion, I M O. That answer is and always will be Chris Saban. So uh, they are going to get at it. Uh, again, this is nice. This is going to steal the show. I guess they're doing some type of multi-man match at Bound for Glory, which is fine. But um, I, 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 I would like to see Saban walk into Bound for Glory. I'm going to lose so many points on this show just because of my heart. Chris Saban, John DeConi, go. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, – you know, I originally called this the year of Ace Austin just because I thought – well, I thought stupid things, but it seems like Josh Alexander is, is the man that's being built up here, so I think he holds on to it here because I have him cashing in option C at Bound for Glory for a title shot. Is that still a thing? Like, has that been mentioned? Like, no, it, exactly. It, has not, it hasn't been mentioned at all. Uh, so, but, I mean, they are building him up to be the man. Even though, you know, Christian has the belt now, it's – kind of sort of back in the company even though he's an a you know it felt like it was gone when it was on omega it doesn't quite feel that way with with it being on christian because he's an old tna guy and whatnot but it, it just feels like they're building up josh to to put a stamp on uh the company at brown for glory it's the only two people i can remember i know austin aries cashing on and then i think chris saban was the other one that was the, that was uh the, when chris saban won he, was, he, he pulled the rhino or Randy Savage, whatever I call it. He was champ for three days. And then he was a right. world champion because he was champ for three days because he surprised Bully Ray. Yep. Um, yeah, him and Christian had an interesting back and forth on Thursday, John Smith. Christian asked him to be on the team, you know, and I guess, you know, Josh, they respect each other. They're both from the Toronto area. So uh, that all makes sense. And I guess if, you know, you take the X title off, I'm sure they'll give him a shot against Christian, and Christian would be happy to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, this match is going to solidify Josh Alexander's uh, X Division title run. You know, he got that that ultimate X victory, and now he's going to beat Saban. And, you know, nobody's got, going to be able to say that he hasn't done anything legit with that title. So I, I don't see him losing it anytime soon either. No, I, I have him winning whatever the – I have him – yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Saban winning this, but then I have Josh regaining it back at bound for 20. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, Josh Alexander's the man. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm wrong on that one. But I don't want to bet against Saban. Last time I bet against Saban, he bet Moose. He beat Moose. Everyone thought, oh, he's not gonna have a chance. Saban, there's always a chance with Chris Saban. And then becomes our main events, a dream match of mine. My second favorite wrestler, Triple H, my number one. Christian right here, there's my Shamburger. Number two, he's my number two guy. Um, Christian Cage, he will be defending <clears throat> the Impact World Championship against number one contender. The top guy from Jersey, I had not looked at the PWI 500, but I can't see anybody. I, I don't know what Jay Lethal's been doing. I don't remember his, I didn't hear his name come up all that often this year. Uh, I can't see why Ace Austin isn't a top ranked Jersey wrestler. So uh, this is something. I am I'm extremely looking forward to. I can't, I'm so happy Ace Austin has his chance to fight Christian and I get to watch him Saturday night. I'm looking forward to it. I got Christian Cage winning. Uh, reason being, and this you know, follow me on this one. You're a homer. That's one thing. But <laughs> um, are we going to get Christian and Tommy Dreamer main eventing Bound for Glory? Is that where that's heading? Is this why that he's not in this match now? Because I feel like they had that whole conversation. I want to find you know, the, the, the huge buddy-buddy moment with Christian and Tommy. Uh, that Tommy was allowed a chance to happen and it was taken away from him. Are, are they going to do this anyway? Is, is it going to be is it the main event of the biggest show of the calendar year? Are we getting Christian and Tommy, John the Connie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tommy Dreamer, but no. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, all right, who do you got in this one? <laughs> well, uh, I'm the guy with the big mouth who said this is the year of Ace Austin, so if he does win here and I don't pick him, I will feel like a complete jackass. So I will say Ace Austin is your new Impact champion. All right, so John Smith, I, I, I know everybody won against the grain and picked Kenny Omega over Christian at All Out. And there's, <laughs> I mean, everyone, the rumors were out. Everyone knew Christian was going to They, they flip-flopped at the very end. There's no reason to bet against Christian here. Well, he hasn't had a title defense yet, has he? He beat one. Brian Myers. Yeah. Who? Brian Myers. Oh, yeah, so he didn't have a real one. <laughs> so, yeah. This one's hard. I mean, if it was if it was like a regular pay-per-view, I'd probably say Ace Austin, but I think since it's like the free pay-per-view or whatever on the Impact channel, I'm going to go with Christian. All right. Christian They're going to make you pay for the title change. Let me give you a little extra to put on that to, to make you feel good about picking Christian here. Ace Austin has been saying he wants to be the youngest ever Impact champion. And for that reason, you think, well, if they're starting to talk about that again, probably means they're going to put it on him, right? Well, in order to be the youngest Impact champion, he would have to win the title by the time he is 24 years and 170 days old. Okay. That would have been August the 17th. Too late. Oh, so he's he's already. So yeah, we're ignoring. So, have we officially ignored Tessa Blanchard from history here? Well, that's what you know. He did come out and say everybody kept saying he says he's going to be the youngest Impact champion. Youngest when he actually spoke it, he said, "I will be the youngest man to win the Impact Championship because then he'd only have to beat out AJ Styles at like twenty six years old, and he still oh. he still can do that." But Tessa had it at twenty four years, one hundred and seventy days. And they screwed the pooch because that was in August for him. Wow. Yeah, she, she's the youngest. And she did it without a penis, too. That was pretty impressive. 
Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, Nyla. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Um, uh, that a little fresh show. You go, hour 43, not that bad. All right, here we go. Oh, this is fun. Uh, primetime rundown. The primetime rundown powered by StreamYard with Joe Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob Luca is now airing. It's back on Friday nights, 7 p.m. on, or sorry, excuse me, 6 p.m. Friday nights as they take you through the world of sports right here on all of the Eastern Observer platforms. For more information, please go to theeasternobserver.com. And with this, we have invaded the primetime rundown and we are a part of this little inter- Eastern Observer promotion, uh, Eastern Observer football survivor pool. Here are our standings so far. This is just us, the seven, uh, the six of us, or I guess seven. I'll explain it in a second. But uh, here are uh, the stories after week one. Myself, John Smith, John the Connie, Ryan Joy. We got all of our picks right. Tyler, Tyler does the same thing with football that he does with wrestling. Unbelievable. Why the hell he would pick the Giants? I'm shocked he didn't pick question marks with this game. Uh, Travis, talking about Homer picks. Travis, oh, wait, that's, that's, the, that's the cons team, right? So, Travis, it was an easy game. The, the Texans were supposed to be crap. The Texans turned out to be better than uh, what they were advertising. You know, you know why that was not a good pick? Because it's a division game, and both exactly. teams suck. You don't, you don't mess with division games. No, you don't. So, but yeah, Travis, he decided to go all elite. Didn't work out for him. Gary, he picked Manchester United. Um, I think we need to have a talk with Gary about what uh, the American version of football is. I think he might be a little bit confused. So uh, this is from our side. Uh, you know, we'll have our fun with uh, talking trash amongst ourselves, but it will be the team effort against the primetime rundown. And right now we are winning. We have a record of four and two uh, up against them with a two and four record. Ian Schreier and Zabo. I don't know Zabo. Uh, they had wins for them. Everybody else took an L on the primetime rundown. So right now we have a two-game lead. Uh, the thing is, I think we just have to get a big enough lead with the three of us so that Tyler cannot screw this up. Um, I got a bad feeling uh, he's going to be taking uh, maybe the Texans or the Jaguars or something again next week. So uh, maybe the Jets. Right? You know, you already picked the Giants. I might as well pick the Jets. No offense, John Smith. That wasn't a shot. But playing the Patriots. Mm. Division games. Got to stay away from them. So that is that. We will keep you up to date on all of uh, the football stuff with the primetime rundown. But right now we are winning. Okay. Uh, tune in to the Daily Wrestling News Show every Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. to get your morning cup of joy with Ryan and his band of merry co-hosts and sort through all the, the horseradish. Uh, and it's also right here on the all of the Eastern Observer platforms. Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Over 4,500 subscribers receive this weekly column. Make sure you go to minutesthebelltime.com to describe the Body Slam Brigade by Ryan for you for free. The official band of the Eastern Observer, the Black Cats NYC, their new album, Free Cake, is now available on all of these music providers. Please go to Pandora, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and get your copy of Free Cake, the new album by the Black Cats NYC. Or actually, I think we're coming up on the year anniversary of the debut album. How about that? Yeah, we'll have to call it their latest album. 
the latest album, right? Yeah, the latest album. That that's probably I guess after a certain time period, it has to be the latest album, right? But yeah, it's still a great album nonetheless. Make sure you guys go get it if you haven't already. And as always, the Essential Wrestling Podcast is sponsored by Pro Wrestling Pick'em, the internet leader in sports entertainment pick'em pools. Join us in the uh, Essential Wrestling Podcast, the public pool, to play against us or create a private pool with you and your friends. ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. And guys, she will like it too. Next week for episode 72, we will be back at the 6 o'clock time frame. Uh, we are sorry to throw the curveball uh, and do a couple hours early. We are just want to make sure that we get this out there live and get this out there uh, without any interruption so that you can maybe if you're tuning in at 6 o'clock and you're about 15 minutes from NXT tonight, we apologize. We weren't ignoring your comments, your criticisms, uh, your, I guess, talking trash to John the Connie. We haven't heard from Jags in a couple bit, in a little bit. I wonder why Jags is doing but uh, we weren't ignoring you. We just came on a little bit earlier today. We will be back on at 6 p.m. live next week. And um, that will do it from us. John Smith, anything from you? Uh, I just hope NXT doesn't suck tonight and every other night moving forward. Let's just praying to God. Praying to God. John the Connie. <laughs> yes, indeed. NXT for life. We all are on this show. Get well, Triple H. <laughs> yeah, get well, Hunter. I, 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 yeah, I, how ironic is that, right? He has a cardiac episode. Vince is yeah. killing this man. Broken heart. That's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with a broken heart. Unbelievable. Alexa Bliss, we love you. That was a very thoughtful gift you gave Charlotte Flair last night. That was adorable. Um, feel free to please send one to the Central Wrestling Podcast. I would love to see what uh, an alley doll looks like. <laughs> John the Connie, take us home. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. I got nothing. I got nothing close this time. I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing at my old age, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>